You do not win by struggling to the top of a caste system. You win by refusing to be trapped within one at all. Naomi Wolf. Bending Not Breaking, Season 4, Episode 2, A Leaf in the Wind. And welcome back to another episode of Bending Not Breaking. I'm Sunshine. And this is Ben. And I'm curious about why we are starting this with, it's, it's, it's book one of Korra, and we're calling it Season 4. I don't get it. Help me understand. You're going to bring this up on the second episode of the season? I didn't this notice is, the first this time. This isn't a conversation we're going to have on the first episode? I didn't notice. It's the fourth season of Bending, Not Breaking. We are talking about book one of Korra. It's just a little confusing. Well, now we're clarifying. Okay. Well, now we know. But thanks for lifting up the question. Mm. Appreciate you doing that. You know. Always challenge us to be better and make sure we're doing things... With transparency. Really, I was just confused. That's transparency not, you know. is not our lens today. It's not. It's not. It's defiance. Defiance. I was defiant of your reading of the... You picked the wrong season. I, what? It's the wrong one. And we got Max here who's twisting those books, dials right? as always. Let's bring Max on in to get his input on this season debacle. How are you, Max? Good to see you. I am doing well, and it's good to be seen. Oh, it's good to be seen. All right, so this is a new show, right? So this isn't Avatar anymore. We're on Korra. Are you going to watch an episode of Legend of Korra at all? I doubt it. What would it take? Like, what would it take for you to watch a Legend of Korra? Or Avatar The Last Airbender? Tell them we're watching Over the Hedge, but then... (laughs) It wouldn't take much. Put on Legend of Korra instead. I mean, if if, if you were like, hey... I'm baking you a nice bread. Do you want to come over for 25 minutes and watch an episode of this while I feed you bread? Like, I'd probably say yes. Like focaccia? Is it worth it? Let what me work think? it. Put the thing down, flip it, and reverse I'm it. It's your from Winnie the Buenieta, which is just put that thing down, flip it, and reverse it. And reverse. I'm more if of, that, a, if I'm we more get... of a ciabatta boy. <laughs> If we get uh, Which is a Hugh Grant vehicle. three more patrons, <laughs> three more patrons over the next couple of weeks, let's say two weeks, I will bake ciabatta. I'm in. For Max. Put a little pesto And we'll watch on episode it. one. Of and then an episode. And then let's watch About, about a Boy with Hugh Grant. And, but it'll, about and I'll, I'll make an Instagram Or caption. do we watch About a Boy with the, the, um, the you know, the, the series? The series. They did the show that they was based a, off They the had book. one season at it least. It was good. I liked it. It was with, uh, it was with. That guy. With Dr. Doctor, Doctor, uh, Dr. Dick. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Huh? From Fired Up. He was also uh, on. Doctors, wasn't he Dr. He was Sam also a doctor New on New Girl. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Cello. <laughs> no. That's School of Rock. Carly for us. No, that was about a boy. Episode one with the the woman who had a cello. Hmm. I mean, I for, I haven't seen the. We're talking TV about show. a different show. We're talking about Legend of Korra now. Is what we need to get back to. Sorry, I digress. Today we're talking about defiance. defiance. You make me a chai- ciabatta and I digest. <laughs> <laughs> what Def- defiance? What is defiance? I was about to ask you what defiance means. Open resistance. Bold disobedience. 
both words describing Mass. Max's digestive system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I digest quite well. I'm more. I was more pointing to myself because that's typically my a lot of fiber. Well, I, I tend to be defiant of y'all trying to have a conversation about real things. That's fair. To oh. insert puns instead. Yeah, that is that is true. You are ridiculous in every way. In the best of ways. Oh, sure, 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 sure. Defiance. Defiance. The Daniel Craig movie. Different movie. I, is that a movie? Mm-hmm. I almost I did that joke earlier, too. Never seen it. I never watched it either. People liked it. Meh. Can't but, be that good. Was it good, Max? Oh, I haven't seen it. Wait, didn't you I say just, you just watched it? No, I said I almost made that joke earlier, too. Oh, well, you had to have knowledge of it, so I just assume you watched it. It's a 2008 movie. Anyway, Defiance. It's got a 7.2 on IMDb. People, that means people like it enough. Sure, 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 sure. Defiance. Yeah. Let's get to Korra. Yeah, so we got to do an episode recap, and you know what that means. Sunshine is going to be doing the episode recap. It's my first one of the season. It's your, you should have done one last episode. No, I do the evens, you do the uh, You keep saying season. that, but I just don't think that's just, I don't think we need to live by that rule. I think that we need to be more f- fluid like water, and you just do them more often. No. So you're going to have 30 seconds on the clock. 30 seconds on the clock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you sure you're ready? Yeah, is this your banter to pull up your stopwatch? On your mark, yeah. get set, go. Kara wants to go check out pro bending, and Tenzin says no, and then she struggles with airbending. And being the leaf, she also struggles with her meditation. Kara then that was sneaks space. off to a pro bending match, and she meets Toza, who then meets Bolin, and she gets to go to the locker room. Mako does not like this, but then she sees it, she fights in a pro bending match, and they win. And Tenzin realizes that she learned something in the process, and so did he. Stop. I, you missed some things. Yeah. But I was trying to do my like best announcer recap voice like they do on the show. Yeah, you, you had some pretty significant pauses in there. Normally, you're just like I, speed I, you going t- through it's, these It's tough things. to keep up the, the like the... Announcer voice. The announcer voice. With, it's the uh, weird yeah, yeah. Like, transatlantic radio voice. Interesting. Interesting. All right, well, that's your recap, folks. If you don't remember what else happens, that's on you. You should go watch the episode. She struggled with airbending, and then she pro-bending. Pro-bending. And then she she was the leaf. And then she does airbending tactics without airbending. Oh, what? Let's, ju- let's just jump right into that moment. We're talking about defiance. Okay, fine. We won't talk about that moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can spin this. Give me a second. All right, let's spin it. Here we go. I'm ready. We are sometimes so defiant about going against the ways that we've been taught or the ways that we think are the correct ways to teach. And I think we do this with people. We do this with kids. We do, like, this is the way, right? Mandalorian, this is the way. And it leaves room for flexibility in how we learn and how we grow. And the way that Tenzin is able to realize that pro bending is is becoming a teacher for Korra in a way that he couldn't be in a way that might work better for her learning style, in a way that engages her better, and his ability to kind of pivot because of that is a really cool moment. And as opposed to being defiant in this is the style that I'm going to teach you in because I think it's the way that you need to learn. Um, and I think, we, I think we do that. I think we do that with people. I think we say this is the only way. This is how you need to learn this skill. This is how I'm going to parent. This is how I'm going to treat you. 
because I think it's the right way rather than adapting to the situation or the person that we're teaching. So you're talking about Tenzin's defiance here, not Korra's. Correct. Interesting. Yeah. His defiance and not shifting from, because he's got this idea around what airbending is supposed to be. Mm. And that this is the way that it has to be taught and the way that it's learned. And it, as anything, whether it's traditions or processes, they have to be able to shift and navigate to breathe life into the what the original intent is. And if it's for Cora to learn this skill in a way that makes her successful at it, it can't necessarily be the, you have to meditate, you have to do this, you have to go through the relic. Um, we have to be able to shift and teach people the way that they are going to learn best. Well, it goes and talks about, like, again, going back to this concept, we've talked about it before, of, of tradition, right? This is the traditional way that we teach and the way that people learn airbending. Look at my three kids. They learned this way, right? It's it's one, like when you are grown and Actually, born— I think Milo's just sleeping. Yeah, but when you're— bo- but he's an airbender, right. and, and he is clearly adept at airbending, right? And so— I believe. But it's one of those things where when, when you are indoctrinated into a culture, it is much easier to live into those cultural values versus Korra, who was born, like, opposite, has, has never been able to airbend, really, and is literally just a, a, an alien to this culture. And it's interesting that we see her struggle with this all episode and frankly, all season, right? We see her really struggle with this concepts. And I I think that she makes a really good point at one point during the episode where she says like, Tenzin talks about like air is the air element of freedom. And then she's like, well, I'm not very free. I'm very restricted. I'm on this Island. I can't leave. I'm not allowed to go do the things that I want to do. And it's interesting to think about that, how that works. Well, Tenzin's defiant back, right? Like, no, he, this is, this is exactly. the way that we're going to do this. It's like right? this, this dichotomy of wills that are battling against one another. And so this, like when you come into contact with something that goes against your way of doing things, defiance is the result. Well, and it's, it's tough, right? If we, sometimes if we're in a position of uh, you, you do voice lessons. So I'm going to use that as an example. Sure, I sure do. If there's a teacher of voice who is, that we struggle with that we don't enjoy. There's another voice teacher out there. We, we likely can go learn from. And it's the same thing with a therapist. A lot of people like try to accommodate their therapist and think that they're like, Oh, it must be something. It must be me. No. There, yeah. Therapists are human. Right. Right. That just might like not your, be the therapist. Just for like you. your voice teacher, your voice teacher might just not have the personality or the, the technique that is for you. It doesn't mean you're a bad singer doesn't mean or that you're they're a bad teacher exactly and it doesn't mean that you're not worthy if it's your therapist it doesn't mean that you, like you are able and should even i'm willing to say find someone that is able to speak to you right right and and so be defiant find like stick like in that and like have confidence in the fact that you are worthy of belonging you are worthy of love and therefore deserving of a teacher that is able to teach you and that is that brings up such a point to me that i struggle with like in the way that i was educated not necessarily me but maybe like the educational system as a whole is Sometimes you have to advocate for yourself in those ways, right? And that's like, so I suck at this. I'm well, gonna and, be real. And how like... <laughs> do you do that when everything you're taught is that you don't that you have to listen to the teacher because they're the teacher? 
Yes. And I think back to teachers that I had that were destructive or caused trauma. Yes. But yes, I was a yes. fifth grader, and so I didn't know how to stand up for myself in those moments, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm supposed to always listen to the adult. It's the same way that we teach agency around kids' ability to be like, I don't want to hug. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hug right now. But it's the don't caring thing me. to do. No, but that's your uncle. You have to hug them. That's your yeah. grandparent. You have to hug them. Yeah. And it's... yeah you're taking away body autonomy at that point, right? So what are these moments and how do we learn when we can stick up for ourselves and where's the line? And when is the line when sometimes we need to say, no, I need to, I need to not push back because I need to learn, right? I need to learn a different way. Um, well, it's hard because there are like, because there are things Cora needs to learn from I think there's that a he difference, is probably right about. And I think there's a difference between feeling discomfort versus other things right if you're if if, like teaching and learning and growing is inherently uncomfortable but it's one of those things where like how do you discern when that discomfort is growing pains or as i think as andrew said last episode is this the the darkness of the 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 womb or the darkness of the tomb right that's what something he said last episode Mm -hmm. that really has stuck with me right but but like is this struggle that I'm in something that's that's being born into something new, or is it something that is not good, right? Because well, so, um, we've we've been a part of and have uh, and have and have taught different classes and uh, around creating safe spaces or mm-hmm. um, racial quote, e- racial, quote safe spaces right, and racial equity trainings, trainings that are meant to be uncomfortable. Trainings that are meant to be, hey, you're we're gonna push back on on notions that you have, yeah, and we expect you to get uncomfortable because you are unlearning things that you thought you knew or that you were an expert in, or we're gonna push back on ideas that that maybe challenge your your thought process, versus we are going to make you emotionally unsafe. Yeah, or well, we are going to, you know, make you physically unsafe, and there is a difference between those two things. Well, yeah, and I think that's that's what it hinges on. There's a there's an article that I read recently uh, on the difference between safe spaces and brave spaces, and whenever we're like forming meetings and we're in our jobs or whatever it is, a lot of times people say this is a safe space. But if you don't have the actions to actually back that up, but then like, like that's y- not y- a thing. Then so what we have to do is instead of claiming that this is going to be a safe space, what the, especially when it comes to like social justice trainings and racial equity trainings and gender diversity and all of the different things that are related to social justice, right? I, I especially with these topics Saying that this is a safe space is it's it's not okay because what it does is it is is creating a false it's a misnomer. It's and, saying that the space is already safe rather than one that strives to be safe. Correct. And so what we have to do is say that this is this is this is something we're calling people to to be a brave within this space. When you are feeling uncomfortable and when you are feeling unsafe. We are calling on courage for you to speak up and say, hey, this is affecting me a certain way. And that is that that's that that's a very vulnerable thing to do. It is inherently vulnerability means that we are less safe. It 
sometimes leads to really positive gains. But being vulnerable also means that we can get hurt really badly, right? It's both. And how do we cultivate this concept of bravery while not claiming safety? That's that's a, something I think corporations and businesses and any group needs to focus it's on. It's so tough because I think about when we set meetings – we set norms, right? And I think when you first some people, when you some groups norms, do, some places. If you set norms at the very beginning of your first meeting ever, and it's set with really good intention, and it's set with really, it's set. It's this set is with a purpose. no judgment zone. But but even when it, but when you truly are saying things around like we want people to be vulnerable, we want people to leave stuff in the meeting, and you set it with the best intentions at the beginning of that first meeting. By meeting ten, it becomes a yep. These are our norms. Right, and we don't. Do if you it, even choose to revisit them, in, in which case you lose that safe space net, right? Yeah. Because who's to say, no? If I share this, it might not be safe because of the way that someone reacts to it. Like you have no way to claim that a space is safe. All you can do is to strive for it to be. Well, and to um, relate this back to the episode. It's the same thing with Tenzin's teaching. You you can claim all these things that you're saying. But if someone's not experiencing that, then it's that's it's not, not what's happening, happening, right? Right, and so you can you can do the things that you have always done, but if it's not creating the same response in your student, you need to adapt. Well, let's look at that like forcing someone to meditate when they are not in a space <laughs> to be able to meditate. No, <laughs> right? Like, and it might be, hey, when when you feel called to do it, you need you know meditating is something that can be very beneficial to airbending. But sitting someone who is saying, I'm not in a space where I'm ready to meditate and saying, like, no, you have to. Yeah, well, okay. Is, I, can be counterproductive. Can I push back on that just a little? Sure. I think that it is very easy for someone like Cora, especially, to say, I'm not in a space. I'm not in a space ever. <laughs> like, right. and, like, and to never carve out intentional time to practice. Right. And so if you just write off the practice without ever giving it its, like, potential like giving it a chance mm -hmm. then that's also not okay so like how do we make space for the yes and yes i agree with you and i think in order to give things a chance we have to sometimes be not in the space to try it but try it anyway mm -hmm. you know does that make does that make sense oh for sure because i i it's for, for me like I, meditation is something that i have been off and on about for about Oh God, like my entire life, really. My mom has been meditating since I was before I was born and constantly saying, you should try. And I'm never like, no, thank you. I don't feel like it. But like, if I never give it the chance, it will never work. Be a thing that you'd like to do. Right? And so I, I, I have to carve out intentional time to practice. The problem is that practice is uncomfortable. That practice isn't going to be perfect. And so that's that's the issue is oftentimes, especially with Cora, Cora was bending all three elements when she was three, like when she was a toddler, right? We see her like, I'm the avatar and you gotta deal with it, right? And I here we go. Moment. It's so good. Like like cute baby Cora is the bomb.com. It's probably one of my favorite. Oh, I just I love that that scene. But like she's been able to bend all the elements since except for air since then. And so she's just accomplished. She's been able to excel in many portions of her life, and this is something that she's struggling with. And so when we encounter things like that, it's really easy for us to 
also be like, oh, if I don't get it right away, then it's not something that's for me. And I, I think that sometimes we have to have this this element of of grit, if you will, to, to commit to something even though we're not good at it. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I think sometimes that's defiant of ourselves in order to make that happen. Like, I have to be defiant of the fact that, like, no, I'm going to try this. Even though I don't want to, I'm going to defy my my instinct. It's almost like the way that I, like, have to make myself, like, physically work out and do stuff. Like, that motivation. In a, in a way, yeah. Because if the option is, would you rather dive into this book or movie or television show yep. or work out, the answer <laughs> is always, I would rather watch the movie that I haven't seen yet, right? Yeah. Um, and so carving out time, I specifically remember Sarah, my partner was like, Hey, would you like to do yoga with me? And I was like, I would love to work out with you. And she's like, let's do it now. And I was like, I don't want to do it now. And she was (laughs) like, do you want to do it today? And I was like, no, (laughs) she was like, well, and I was like, we can do it today. (laughs) Like, like, Like it was, um, and it's because like, I really loved, I really loved doing those things with her. Um, and for whatever reason that day I was like, nah, no, I don't want to, um, but I will. And it was it was carving out that intentional time, and I, it was it was it was a really pleasant way to spend the afternoon with her, right? So like, yeah, um, definitely feel the, those moments in in life, and yep, they're there. Well, and I just I just think it's it's hard because I think that there are moments when defiance is integral to our success, and I think there are moments when defiance is a form of stubbornness that isn't necessarily a good thing. And it's hard to like, how do we, again, it's this discernment process of realizing when is it good to defy versus when is it not? And there's not, and there's not a perfect cut. There's no hard and fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of like, what makes us defiant? Like, what are the things? And so I think about a lot of times we defy what we don't understand or understand the process or if there's a lack of transparency. So I think back to when I was a child where my parents were like, you need to clean your room. And I was you always sure just like, do. which is like, but I'm going to make it dirty. And well, it just... It's fair. Like to keep our room tidy. Like that is a fair request. But as a child, I was like, I, why? And I always hate that. Well, like what if someone comes over? And why I would like, I make my bed? I was like, I'm just going to get in it. over. <laughs> like who's showing up to our house, like unannounced to come check out my bedroom was always my response as a kid. Well, it's also like make your bed, but like, why? But uh, there would have been a different level of, if there was transparency around, like you need to make sure we're respecting the things that we have. And we need to make sure that we're putting things where they belong and that you're ready for the day. Like if there was a more transparent answer than, because, because I, I said, said so. so, right? Which is the one, worst. One of, <laughs> working with kids so much, you know, hearing a counselor ever say like, "Oh, get in line because I said so," is like it goes back to like no, the, no, 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 no. Like, no. no. <laughs> it goes. That's the same ideals of like because and at I'm the in a, same because time, I'm the adult, right? Yes. But there's a difference between saying like because if we get in line, it shows that we're ready to go, and then we can move on to the next activity, and then that means we get to play that activity faster. And then if someone was like, well, why? I was like, I already told you. Please get in line. Right? Like, yeah. that. there's a difference between yeah. that and yeah. because I'm the adult and you have to listen and, to and me. And it's one of those things where, like, yes, I I 1,000% agree with this. We need to be doing way more of it than we are. And I so understand that response. Correct. Especially when it's not the child's fault. Like, all these things have lined up across no, there the are, day. No, there are things. 30 kids that asked you the same question. Right. 
and some of them ask you more than once. But even as, but as and a then, parent, right? All of these things load up on you over the course of the day, and all you need is for your child to put on their pajamas. Literally put <laughs> on just, your shoes. Just need <laughs> to wear your pajamas. Yeah. Why? Because we wear clothes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> just put them on. So. Well, some people wear clothes to bed. Yeah, well, anyways. So, but yeah, I understand those. Max, you got thoughts on that? I may not be among the some people who wear clothes to bed. Shirts are constricting when you're I don't sleeping. wear shirts to bed. No. Okay. Especially long sleeves. I may or may not wear other things. Well, anyway. Um... <laughs> this is getting, this is getting it, saucy. B&B after dark. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Intimate. Um, okay, defiance. Uh, yeah, okay. So I think one of the things you're talking about is like what's leading to the defiance, right? Is is for me one of the things that leads to defiance is one, yes, this lack of clarity, but also when we are frustrated, when we are experiencing anything that's um, like outside uh, in the halt factor, if you will, hungry, angry, lonely, tired, whenever we're experiencing any of those things it's also going to lead to a quicker defiant response particularly on the probably the stubborn not good side right and we see that happen we see it happen because Cora gets more and more defiant over the course of this episode because she's frustrated because she's not successful right so she starts out like saying okay i'm gonna try to be the leaf and then she gets whacked by these boards and then it doesn't work and then she feels defeated and then right Milo, this three, four-year-old, five-year-old, however old he is, like is like be the leaf, <laughs> and like ta- like in a way, like not trying to, but like feels like it could be a taunt almost. So there's like, and then it gets to this point where like now I can't be free, even though you're saying be free. So there's this element of credibility for Tenzin of like you're saying this, but you're not letting me do it. And then eventually she just sneaks out, and this act of defiance of her sneaking out to the bending gym pro bending arena is that's a major act she's sneaking away deliberately because at first there's this like loophole that she found where like well i could listen to the to the radio but tendon's like no you know what i meant and it's like there's this element of like the spirit of the law versus like the way it is literally written that children are so keen on capitalizing on oh i was i was, i did that that was my entire childhood with my parents yeah well it, everything but, but what that leads to is the reason kids do that you never told me that i couldn't stand on top of a moving car why am i in trouble for that right yeah like, those well, are like, exactly that was a... but like it's it's one of those things where if people children included don't understand why and don't have all the information they're gonna look for the loophole well and not even even that also leads to this weird sense that someone is being defiant when they might not actually be defiant it's a perceived defiance because we weren't clear fair and that happens in this episode every time cora breaks a rule while pro bending and people Mm. see that as like Mm -hmm. but People get mad or upset, and she gets penalized over and over again. And I'm like, you. She doesn't you know the were rules. Never given the rules. Yeah. Like no one ever told her the rules of this game. And she still came and back she, and whooped butt. But that's what I'm saying. So like, it's a perceived like she's being defiant. She's getting penalized over and over again. How often do we do that to people? 
when we, we're not when clear, we assume when we assume they know the rules yeah. and they assume our, or we assume they know our expectations. And the reality was we were never clear with them to begin with. Mm. And so this there's this perceived you're being defiant. You're doing this on purpose. You're antagonizing me on purpose. And the reality is the rules were never laid out. And the expectations were never clear. And we were never transparent with why decisions were made. Um, and, and so... So I'm hearing from you right now that clarity of expectations is a really helpful component of ensuring that people are all on the same page and that leads to less defiance if with clarity of expectations. Have you ever had an employee that you never were that you were working with that you were just kind of like, "Uh, they are they're breaking the rules and they are not doing what I'm expecting them to do with, you know, whatever, you know, you worked with teens, right? Like I you were supposed to do these things. And I'm mad at you because you're not. But the reality was I was never clear with them to begin with. Maybe you were perfectly clear every time. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm not saying that. I'm saying that also because I was working with teens, they were very clear violations. Well, and that's (laughs) that's a different situation. (laughs) Right? That's a very different situation. But, yes, also there were times when I had to be like, tell me – like, help me understand what you just, why, why you made that decision. That. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I didn't even think about it from that way. But, like, there are also times when they're, like, doing things that they just shouldn't do because teens do things like that. But not all teens do that. It's just, like, when you're working with a population of 200 teens, statistically, you're likely to have people that are breaking things that they agreed to do. Well, it's just, again, you know, another way to, to make this point even clearer is this understanding, like, I need you to go organize these files, right? Well, was that alphabetical? Is that by organize date? Them is how? that by yeah. themes? Like, how, what does that even mean? Well, and one of the things that uh, my, my, uh, my friend Brene Brown says is that we have to, uh, how do you paint that picture? Paint that a little clearer for me, right? Mm-hmm. And, and so you, in Dare to Lead, she talks about, about this because oftentimes it's a clarity issue. And so um, paint what done looks like is a great phrase to utilize in that situation. So if you get said, Hey, go organize those files a response might be, Hey, can you just paint what done looks like for me? So like, I know exactly what you're looking for. So I'm not trying to be defiant. No, I want to, I want to do it. I want to do it well, but like your organization and my organization might look very different. So how do we paint done? Right. Did Hasuk need to have, that like was he defiant he's the one who doesn't show up he's the water i don't have a line. very good generous jump uh, like i don't have a very generous assumption of this guy so i've been dealing with I'm something outside of the arena oh that's like, that's fair okay but that's better <laughs> but yeah but it's very clear he is not meeting expectations according to mako yeah um and let's talk about those moments of i i didn't perform well you are also now coming down on me and telling me that I didn't perform well and not necessarily in a way that's like productive, productive. Yeah. And so is that going to lead to me no longer being defiant or am I going to double down? And the answer is I'm a double down. Yeah. I think how do, how do we not put people in the corner like that? Right. And so the point where they feel he felt like he had to quit. Right. Like, he, yeah, like he's like, I'm just not showing up anymore. Well, and, and frankly, he did get them to this point. But at the same time, I like clearly having Cora on the team worked out. But it was one of those things where 
when we are holding people accountable, we need to make sure that we are following a, a series of steps that, uh, that allows us to hold them accountable in a way that doesn't make them feel less than mm-hmm. like they, they aren't worthy or, you know what I mean? And so like, there's, there's all these steps. And again, we've referenced this before, but there's this book I highly recommend called crucial accountability. Um, that I, I like I almost swear by in a way um, I've been teaching it now and was taught it for about probably like what three or four years ago and I like I will never not use it until I find something better but essentially it's like start with heart like assume the best <laughs> like and then it's like gives you this full detailed outline you can look it up I highly recommend the book um, but right. it's just like how do we hold people accountable in a way that makes them not feel like you are trashing them right and which is we're what it feels on like the for behavior Mako. we're not working on, like it's not a personal attack exactly and i think that's what leads that that's partly what leads to defiance right when i'm feeling hungry angry lonely tired i.e angry because i'm being held accountable to a standard that is either beyond because of the way that they're holding me accountable or there's just a lot of things that fit into that conversation that can really make it difficult to not be defiant in that moment yeah yeah and then there's the relics right like there's a little bit and we've talked we kind of mentioned it a little bit but this this idea of going through the airbender relic um and kind of going against the grain forcing your will upon something when that is clearly not working yeah um but well, that's something un- that Cora has to learn, to right? Change. Yeah, and that's something like Cora is a is a force, and a wonderful force, like full of awesome. Like I stand account Cora, and is a force, <laughs> and sometimes it's destructive because when it doesn't go the way that she's expecting, it leads to a little bit of destruction. And we see that when she like tears down this relic, and we see Tenzin like blow a fuse but it's one of those things where they rebuilt it they did and <laughs> like, it's, like it's possible to rebuild right it's a thing that not a things can be replaced i don't know it's tough to rebuild like a 200 year old heirloom and like yeah, put it back to me like did they have yeah. to get new wood is it no longer a 200 year old heirloom at this point yeah it's a whole lot i well i just cora is is full of like one of the things I love about her that I and I struggle with is she does not play small and I play small. And what I mean by that is Cora never backs down from a challenge. She's not going to be told that she doesn't have a seat at the table. She's exactly. And we see that one of the things that I, one of the moments that really lifts that up for me is she sneaks into the pro bending arena and this, the gym master person finds her and, and Toza, she, she totally lies. Right. <laughs> and she's like, no, 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 I'm just looking for the bathroom. And then Bolin comes in and like lies for her and says, Oh, she's with me. And she immediately was like, uh, uh-uh. uh, <laughs> and was like, nah, but we're like just friends. And Bolin's like, so this, she is willing to, to defy the law, but she is not willing to defy it. Not on her terms. Right. And I think that one of the things that like I would have done in that play, like that situation is I think I would have, caved and i would have been like yeah i'm totally with him and like you know what i mean i would have 
back down. But she is so defiant of what confines her and what doesn't like what doesn't serve her and i just i really admire her for it i think we learned in several moments like her defiance of she was not willing to be knocked off the back of that stage another yeah that's a great so there are moments where this defiance this advocating for yourself this standing up for yourself this not willing to move is important and there are we are clearly shown examples of where it needs to happen and so we have to learn and grow and experience life and figure out when these moments are where we need to stand firm, be grounded, or be the leaf. Yeah. Right? There are sometimes we we need to be the earthbender and there are sometimes we need to be the airbender. Which is why I love this concept of this podcast. But because we're like well, we, I'm, glad, we, I'm glad you like it. Because we all have these all four of these elements are within us, right? We all need to be the avatar. We all need to develop all four of these elements within ourselves in order to be fully human, mm-hmm. right? In order to be fully who we can be, we need all four of these things. And that's why I love Iro's like even though he's a firebender, he is utilizing all four teachings from all four elements in his life and in his story and we see Korra grappling with this one of the reasons one of the things i love is we found that there's a meme going around of not i guess it's not a meme there's just like information going around on all the social medias of the amount of bending that Korra does and like how much she does of each element if you were to guess i don't know if you saw this this stat but what element does she bend the most do you know remember do you, do you have a guess hazard a guess water nope fire oh yeah that's right that seems right and that seems really indicative right fire is bold fire like she is very fiery in her personality even though she's from the southern water tribe the way that she engages with the world feels very fire Mm -hmm. and the fact that over the course of all four seasons she bends fire the most doesn't surprise me at all you know, and I and I think that's just really indicative because even though she's the avatar, even though she's from the Southern Water Tribe, she her personality is very fiery. It's very bold. It's very confident and it's gorgeous. It's awesome. I love it. And it's very fiery and sometimes it's dangerous. And so there's just this this really beautiful thing that she's grappling with this whole season of how does she tap into this airbending that it's, it's fascinating because when she sneaks away, I I question, she doesn't learn airbending as soon as she sneaks away. As soon as she embraces this freedom, I wonder if defiance in a way is just as uh, caging as being caged. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, because it wasn't until she was on the edge of the pro bending arena where she was she made the choice to be like now i'm going to practice this and i wonder if there's that element of like defying because i feel like this is the only thing that i like have to do and i i need to go do this versus like i'm going to do this because i want to do this because this is something that i have control over you know i think that's just a really beautiful the fact that she was able to implement this airbending technique when she made the choice mm-hmm. to do it and that's what enabled that that freedom that element of air that made it work 
Does that make sense? Is that yeah. like, am I just reaching there? I no, might be I, reaching. I feel it. Okay. I feel it. Anything else we want to hit on on this episode? Hmm. We, we've tackled a lot. I guess we have, haven't we? Um, I think for me, the thing that I really appreciate that I, I, I don't want to make, I want to make sure we don't leave out is this idea of, of Tenzin, right? You mentioned this at the beginning with, with, with Tenzin and this meditation and then Tenzin, even at the end where she does this moment where she uses an airbending technique and Tenzin's like, yeah. And then he like is super happy about it. But this defiance of like tradition. But for me, I, I wonder Tenzin at the end of the episode apologizes to Korra. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things that happens after defiance is this moment of possible like reconciliation and let's lean into and, it. And Tenzin does. Yeah. Tenzin so many times throughout this whole series admits when he was wrong. Well, and I think that we 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 lift up very frequently with Cora all these expectations that she has and and how she views herself as the avatar and this willingness to feel that she's enough. And Tenzin is very similar. Yeah. Especially when it comes to like, I have to restore the air nation and I have to make my father proud. And, um, it comes at to the expense of relationships that he has with his siblings. But one thing that he is doing throughout this process, which I think proves to me is, is kind of this understanding of that. You're never too old to, 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 that you have to stop learning, right? Like you're never at a point where old dogs can't learn new tricks. Yeah, I mean, and he models us. that so well. It, it, it's so can. beautiful, and, then, and I and I and I love it. And yeah, I love it. And, and he did it last the, episode too. Like uh, he just yeah. admits when he's wrong so frequently, and I just in a leader that is one of the most admirable qualities that I can think of mm-hmm. is when a leader is willing to say I was wrong. Yep, I think that's just I am so. I'm willing to walk off a cliff for someone who is willing to admit that they were wrong. I think it's huge. That's all I had. I think there are other things we could talk about, but you know, we can't talk about everything. No, but we will take a quick break and we'll jump back in with our devotion and our gratitude. We'll be right back. Friends, family, listeners, welcome back. We're glad you're here. We are so excited to dive into our devotion for the day. Yes. Yeah, and so today we're talking about defiance mixed with the element of earth. That worked out well. Right? Yeah, I think that does work out well. Like, earth is a defiant element in a way. Yeah. So, okay, so we are. Tr- what the goal here is, just as a reminder, is we are trying to set an intention, uh, a goal, for the next week in which we are trying to better ourselves. We're trying to become, and we're trying to use the avatar cycle. We're trying to use the lenses we choose to become better. And the way we're going to do it is we're going to set a goal or intention kind of infusing and thinking about both of these things. So I'm going to invite sunshine to go first and tell us about a intention or a goal regarding earth and defiance. So one of the things we talked about that we love about Korra is her 
her willingness to to not be told that she doesn't deserve a seat at the table and that she's willing to be defiant and kind of stand her ground on those types of things. Yeah. And I think for me, I have had the privilege to believe that I deserve every seat at every table. And that's not true. And I think for me that I need to continue to be intentional about recognizing and listening and when, when I don't need to be at a table mm. and that I, that I need oh, I to, love that. I need to, listen to what has happened at the table and be supportive or learn from it, but that I do not need to be at every table. Um, and so I need to be the leaf. I need to not stay grounded and firm that I am owed a seat at every table. I'm not right. And I need to, um, be intentional about how I move forward in the world. And so my intention this week is to say, um, what are the spaces that I can and should be a part of and what are the spaces that are not meant for me and that I need to be respectful of that? Yeah, how do I decenter right my experience? Correct. Yeah, I think that's oh, that's so important. Mm-hmm. Thank you for lifting that up. I think that that's really really challenging. Um, I remember when I first took my 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 really my first racial equity training and afterwards there were um groups that met based off of race and i was like but i want to go to the one that's and i was like and i just i had a lot to learn Mm -hmm. so i just i i think that really taking that is a important step so i think thank you for lifting that up yeah what about you oh okay so for for earth and defiance one of the things that comes to mind for me you know there's the Maya Angelou wrote a poem called And Still I Rise and what a beautiful poem but it's 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 defiant I am going to defy the the you know whiteness of of the world I'm going to defy the the expectations of this the spirit of capitalism I'm going to defy the expectations of the spirit of patriarchy and I, I will rise. And the, the, the first, the first like verse of it is, you may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. And that's just a very earth feeling, right? And, and it just reminded me of that. And I, I want to be that. I want to be defiant of the systems of oppression that exist and part of the way that i can do that is to question them and so as i take these classes on on ethics uh, as i take these classes on lament i want to question what i'm being taught i want to to go into this week because um, I'm setting a weekly goal, right? A weekly intention. I want to go into this week really with a lens of of defiance and and questioning the the norm that I that is like hindering me versus the the norm that is uplifting me. And how do I live into and discern those things? And I, I think the the way that I can do that is developing awareness and asking that question. And so that's what I'm going to do this week as I as I engage with the world question things which doesn't mean you don't learn from them right oh, like that's like, like in questioning like, 
also doesn't mean they're necessarily bad. And they it might mean be... you're being defiant. It means you're seeking to understand. Yeah, but sometimes questioning things, big active defiance depending yeah. on who you're engaging with, mm-hmm. right? Um, I, I have some professors that are super all about questions, and then I have some professors that are like super all about like you listen giving, to what I said. giving yeah. their answer despite my question <laughs> like and so i like that's not what i asked yeah <laughs> like, like, that's I, not... <laughs> you're avoiding the question so i i just i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best to live into that questioning this week perfect fantastic yeah. well this has been a great episode max you got any thoughts you want to add not at this time fantastic we're gonna get that put on a shirt that'd be fun yeah little max shirt should put may on the front saying not at this time because may would say that yeah that would be a thing may would say maybe we can get cricket where's may at at this point zuko's still alive Ooh, interesting question where's may at this point i don't know we don't see her Uh Uh oh (laughs) we don't see really anybody else y'all follow us on all the things bnb underscore pod instagram twitter uh, if you want to follow me, I have that handle on on TikTok, and I'm going through all the Star Wars canon this year, which is a, uh, it's a lot. I've read a lot of books, and by read a lot of books, I mean Audible has maybe listened to a lot of books, which has been fun. But before we're done, we can't forget our favorite segment, which is gratitude. Oh, that's right! I almost totally forgot. I know. <laughs> can't uh, do that. Can't do that. So gratitude, y'all. We are just really grateful for these characters and what we we want to do is cultivate gratitude because gratitude is a practice make sure that we engage with joy a little bit more because you know those two are pretty inseparable Mm -hmm. and we want to make sure that we are cultivating joy by experiencing gratitude and so the way you might think about this section is what's a character that whether it's related to the lens or not that has taught you something that has given you something that makes you feel a certain way what's a character that gives you something that um you're just really grateful for and so i'm gonna pass it to you sunshine who who are you grateful for this this episode so many well really the main two but i'm gonna go with tenson because of exactly what we talked about this ability that's a great choice i know so good it should have been mine wait it is <laughs> tenson is my choice um i that ability to say i was wrong i just have such a gratitude for people who can do that on a regular basis and i strive to be that way and i don't like being wrong but i i so appreciate that that he is able to kind of sit there and say i messed up i could have done this differently i should have done this differently i'm sorry and i I think that that is i have so much gratitude for him for doing that yeah so do i what about you I don't know what our track record is for like, I think a lot of times we aim not to choose like Ang or Korra um, just because we want to make sure we're targeting other characters. Yeah. We're giving some other characters some love. So I'm really grateful for Korra, but I'm not choosing her, even though I have a lot to say about what I'm grateful for Korra this episode. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to pick Iki. Yeah. So, this moment in the meditation sequence where Cora is hardcore struggling mm-hmm. and she's like, nah, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm going to go get some lychee juice. Iki looks up after having meditated for the whole time and like, you know, being quiet and still. And 
she is a child <laughs> and she has been engaging in this practice despite her elder who is like super not about it and then Cora's is like i'm gonna go get some leachy juice and she's like can i have some leachy juice and and tenzin looks her in the eye and says no <laughs> and i just it, like it reminds me of the title of our podcast like bending not breaking sometimes we have to to bend a little bit mm -hmm. and just be like yeah this 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 session has been a wash go yep. get some leashy juice yep. <laughs> like and let's chalk it up for like, what it's yeah we're, let's move on and and i just i'm I really with a lot of my workout sessions where i'm just like 15 minutes in and i'm like you know what that's gonna be good enough for today. I, and i think good enough is good enough right right and, and i think that's really important and, and i just think that sometimes we need to let kids be kids and i, I just when she says that it's 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 it feels like it's meant to be humorous, but for me, it's it's more than that. It's like, oh, that is so real, and that is so important that sometimes we just need to release our expectations and quit being defiantly on packed, on target, right? Mm -hmm. Like when, when things like COVID-19 happen, we need to release some of our expectations. When things that are unexpected occur, we need to let go of some of our expectations. And I and, still struggle with like, am I being productive enough? Right? Yes. Like, am I doing enough that I'm supposed to be doing for work? And for and the reality is like, I'm inside of a pandemic. Yes. That is, and like, I need to give grace to myself to say like, you don't have to be on for eight hours today. Yeah, exactly. And I just, I'm just so grateful that Iki asked that question because that is the question that I would have asked in that moment is like, I am, I'm not paying attention. I'm done. Can I have some leaky juice? And so I'm just really grateful for Iki. Perfect way to wrap the show. Right? Isn't that just beautiful? Now go follow us on all of the things. But seriously, go follow us. Patreon and then also is there Patreon, for bonus content. Yeah. Patreon, right? There's a Facebook group. You can help us pick lenses, right? You can help us do live Facebook So those five episodes. bucks get you all the stuff. You can also give us more than that. <laughs> Why not? But whatever you can give is fine. <laughs> and if you want to support us in a different way, just rating and reviewing us on iTunes One, is a, oh, a huge a way for support. Help. So please jump on and do we'll that. We'll read like them to. on the podcast. If, for sure. Yeah, for for new ones. Absolutely. Y'all, it's been a pleasure. Max, thank you for being here and helping us sound so great. You got it. I'm Sunshine Mayfield. This has been. And this has been Bending Not Breaking. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Okay,